Welcome, everyone. This is now another exciting episode of the Army of Smartness podcast. I am your co-host, Ryan. Man, oh man, oh man. Today on the show, we say goodbye to some very important people. Vinnie Mac, doing Vinnie Mac things. SummerSlam's coming up this week. And RVD is back in the picture. But before that, I shall introduce my co-host, Mr. JD. Mr. JD, how you be? Well, you know, we uh, lost one of the brightest lights of the 80s and early 90s this week, uh, Mr. Paul Rubens, um, otherwise potentially known as Pee Wee Herman. Uh, that, that's a big hit to me personally. I always, uh, you know, I always felt for the guy that, you know, the, the scandal in the porno theater was his, uh, really his legacy. Uh, so I always felt for him for that, but that turned out to be a waste of time because he'd already felt for himself. <laughs> How are you doing, Ryan? Yeah, I know you are, but what am I? Um, but That's anyways. right, the ultimate playground comeback right there. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Army of Smartness and email that Gmail, armyofsmartness at gmail.com. Yeah, um, Pee-wee... Uh, was it was a big part of I think most of our uh, generation's uh, childhood. Yeah, um, I said it is rather unfortunate that most people just know him for certain things that happened down in Sarasota. Which, by the way, how busy are they to be in Sarasota? Sit- yeah, I mean, imagine being the undercover detective. That I mean, they were undercover. Now, this oh, was yeah. a covert operation to stop masturbation in a in a. That's right. I mean, it's like I we're going to rub out rubbing one off. Exactly, and I and I'm like, you know, the the chief walks into the station, says, uh, "Williams, I'm going to need you down on 20th Street. Been a been a few break-ins over there. Why don't you get over there and check it out?" Ortiz over on 12th. Old lady was broken into last night. Maybe hey. somebody down there. Why don't you go talk to him, Mister Lewis? <laughs> We've been. Uh, Tipped off that uh, Pee Wee Herman may be at the <laughs> X-rated movie theater at the if Nut he, Hut, if as it were. If he whips it out, you whip him on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine, sir. Uh, but uh, we're going to. This is, you know, a lot of work. We're going to need to grab lunch first. Uh, well, okay, that's fine. Fine, Johnson. Why don't you go down to the go down to the deli, get yourself the Paul Rubin special. And what's what, what's that, sir? Rubin sandwich. Hold the pickle. Um, well, now, we, we we make fun, but he was a big. We've referenced Pee Wee's Big Adventure here on the program, uh, with Large Marge. Um, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of folks in the entertainment business had their early roles uh, with 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 Pee Wee. Mm-hmm. Phil Hartman was in his stage show before he got on TV. Um, uh, Cowboy Curtis, um, Morpheus, come on, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, yeah, several. You know well-known and well-thought-of uh, actors, he helped put prom, you know, launch them uh, in the early parts of their careers. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, we uh, went to uh, trivia the other night just as Mr. Rubin had passed away, so they made it a Pee Wee Herman trivia. Apparently, I knew more about Mr. Rubens than I thought. Um, yeah. Now, uh, you don't think about it, but a surprisingly prolific uh, performer. In his yeah, day, uh, and also not to dwell on this, but let's go back to the um, 
the the nut hut uh, situation. <clears throat> you got to remember, this is the year of our Lord, 1991. You don't have a, a porn machine in your pocket that also holds phone numbers. You don't have uh, the intranet uh, on your home computer. You don't have... Uh, DVDs, you know, discreetly shipped to you through the mail and plain uh, brown wrapping marked in big red letters with not pornography all over it. Uh, you know, basically you've got the Sears catalog and the old Jack Shack. Uh, that's, that's, that's all you got. And so a man's just trying to <clears throat> live in life, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, what a great day to spend tax, what a great what a great idea to spend taxpayer dollars going after yeah, the right? crim, going after the criminals and the real criminals that are just harming society these people but That's anyways it. um rest in peace Wee. rest in peace paul yes. um uh, is, he is not in the wwe hall of fame is he uh, uh not yet but i mean again I think we're. I'm putting all celebrity inductions on hold until Cindy Lauper takes her rightful place. She must be turning it down. I would that's, have that's to the, imagine she is turning it down of. for some reason, and I don't know why it would be. Maybe it's the the lingering Wendy Richter issue. I, I don't know. Because uh, well, I mean, didn't she show up on like an old school Raw though? Lauper or Richter? Lauper. Did she? I don't know. Because I want to say Richter they, did. Because I want to say that they might have reenacted that with a Miz or something like that. Yeah. Or she hit um, old boy over the head with the Piper. With the uh, the record. Yeah, the golden record. The gold yeah. record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Cindy Lauper needs to be in. She is my. I'm stumping for her candidacy in the celebrity wing of the um, WWE Hall of Fame, although. She may be turning it down because I guess you tend to get indicted uh, when you uh, <clears throat> join the the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame, as uh, as we've seen this past week. Speaking of indictments, so you like that transition, didn't you? After a year, I'm trying to get the hang of this. Vincent Kennedy McMahon uh, purportedly uh, was subpoenaed, so not indicted, but still legal issues all, all the way around. Subpoenaed um, and a search warrant was performed at his home. Did I understand this correctly? Back in the middle of last month. That does appear to be the case. Old into, Vinny, in, Vinny doing Vinny things. Well, you know, uh, and this is referring to the uh, hush money scandal that actually uh, helped launch this very podcast uh, this time last year. So um, interesting, interesting time for him. And if that weren't enough, also going under the knife, as I understand it. Uh, spinal surgery? What, what, what happened? What's happening here? Just probably because he's what seventy-eight years old now. <laughs> the back goes out. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he hurt himself lifting. Um, oh yeah, that's got to be it. But uh, weights are a paralegal. One of the two. He says he's already paid seventeen point four million back to the company when it costs twenty-five million. I, I don't okay. know what kind of liquid assets that McMahon uh, has, but one would think he could have written a $25 million check pretty quick. Well, my guess is, and this is just a guess, he is simply deferring his ongoing compensation to that. Like basically, he's working for free right now. 
Mm-hmm. I, I would guess that's what it's probably happening. I don't know, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you think he could stroke the check, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, we'll uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, one would think that maybe if Vince would have just retired and stayed away that he could have uh, avoided some of that, but well, I don't know. Going back to deaths, of course, we do yes. want to pay uh, respect to uh, Adrian Street. That, exotic uh, Ad- Adrian Street. The That's exotic right. one, Adrian Street. Um, very much a pioneer in the, I, I don't know, I guess you could say transgender. Transvestite. I don't think he actually took tra- any hormone well he may have taken some hormones but they were male um <laughs> vitamin s but uh it was one of the more certainly flamboyant characters and apparently played that backstage quite a bit is that about, though, I, I don't know as much about adrian street as perhaps i should yeah uh, tony shivani <laughs> knows, knows uh adrian street and he was he was actually saying on his podcast said you know he he played that gimmick backstage too. He's like, yeah, I'm just he'd be sitting around there, and Adrian would walk back and blow him some kisses, and <laughs> just make uh, Tony, you gotta live Tony the gimmick, brother. Kind of, all kind of wrong. He's like, and he was like, I assumed that the guy might be gay at first. He's like, but I I see his wife with him every night. <laughs> like he just Tony, uh, let me introduce you to the concept of bisexual. <laughs> But, but yeah so uh, rest in rest in peace adrian street um not really the most well-known i would say but uh definitely one of the more important ones um, but anyways jd you know uh there was a uh a all the way live return uh of a certain three-lettered wrestler at a on a three-lettered promotions show this week do you know who i'm talking about um i'm gonna say jfk made his uh a, a re-debut on uh, uh i'm gonna say the cwa continental wrestling association i mean if jfk made a comeback today that that uh that would bump this off the uh off the, off the news but no, uh, the whole effing show mr rob van dam on AEW uh, Dynamite, I guess, right? Because this was just a couple nights ago as we reported. Yep. Wednesday night. Wednesday or last night as we reported. Yeah, you know what that means. Um, can I just say, let me say, I want to say, it did my heart so much good. that here's uh, For all the things we criticized Tony Khan for, he is willing to get off some money to license some music. So hearing that um, Pantera uh, strike up, Walk, can't you see I'm easily bothered by persistence one step from lashing out at you? You wanted him to get under my skin and call yourself a friend. I've got more friends like you. What do I do? Anyway, uh, but yes, respect, walk. Um, Rob Van Dam taking up for ECW against Jungle Boy Jack Perry for the uh, FTW Championship. That, is that what I understand is happening? Yeah, it's supposed to just be a one-off for Mr. RVD at this point. Um, he is obviously an ECW original. Oh, yes, um, yeah, so. And he's probably one of maybe two or 
maybe Bully Ray, uh, ECW originals that can still go. Oh, the Bully still uh, wrestling? Yeah, he just, uh, matter of fact, he just had a match with Cardona. Well, let me, uh, let me say this. Let's not forget Chris Jericho, also an ECW original. He was ECW television champion. He was indeed. Fact. I forgot about that. Yeah, let's so, not forget, I guess, dude. I guess you can say that he is an ECW original. Yeah. 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 So for, for some reason in my head, I'm thinking that he works for Cornette and then goes straight to WCW, but he doesn't. No, do he stops off in ECW um, yeah. on the way out of Smoky Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Uh, he's another ECW original, but, uh, not too many more of those around a uh, crowbar crowbar can still go. Is crowbar still running? Yeah. Still, do, still does indie shows. Good job. Crowbar. Well, Rhino, I mean, is Rhino still clanging and banging or is he done? Cause I was hoping for the big swerve there. Cause when Jerry Lynn comes out to introduce what turns out to be RVD, you know, the whole crowd is hoping that's who it's going to be. Cause he and Jerry Lynn, of course, are attached to the hip for their series of matches. Uh, but I was like, man, what if it's Rhino? I'm gonna laugh at <laughs> um, but, or yeah. Meanie. <laughs> yeah, Blue Meanie. Yeah, he's no he is no longer working as I understand it. So probably not. I don't, um he's got a podcast. Uh, I've listened to some of it. I, I don't know. Um I, I'm good. Thank you. I, I'm you know, I, I say that. I want him to listen to my podcast, so I should I should listen to his. Uh but there's only so many hours in the day. Um, is he? I'm, I'm looking up to see if if uh, Rhino is technically retired. No, no, Rhino's done some indie shows, but it's okay. usually it's not. Very but I mean, many. You, I mean, you, to your point, you can probably count them on one hand. Um, they're not very many. The and Rhino is the very tail end ECW original, last ECW champions if memory serves. Yeah, is he has, he's still with Impact. Yeah. Is he still tagging with Slater? Oh. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize he was on a more than just a few dates. Okay. Well, this is back to October of last year. Uh, he and uh, Slater on the Impact tag team championship. So. Oh, by the way, uh Slater actually just gave a a pretty good interview with the Major Pod. Uh, yeah. They talked. They talked about. Uh, you remember that promo that Slater came back and he was already fired. It was during the pandemic, but he gave right. a really good promo against McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Um, he revealed this week that they they actually offered him a contract afterwards, mm. um, but it was for half the money. So <laughs> he was he was like, "Thanks, but no thanks." Well, that is some extra. Extra large co-jones there, if I may say, to turn down any steady pay during the pandemic. That's crazy. For, especially like, for because, a gig performer like him. Yeah, and he was uh, he, he was just saying his head. He, he said, I know Vince had to just be sitting around and be like, <laughs> all right, well, we'll ask him back, but we're only going to pay him half as much. He's right. like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. And good for him, man. Oh, yeah, it seems to be working out for him. He's a stalwart over at Impact now, which is good. I like Keith. Oh, I love the guy. I like him. I'm as far as I'm willing to get. He's he's an entertaining guy to listen to. Most certainly. And Rhino, I mean, Abby and I were pleasantly surprised. We see a WWE house show here a few years back when he was still with him. He was the most entertaining guy on the card 
was Rhino in terms of playing to the crowd, getting the crowd hyped up. Uh, yeah, he, you could tell the guys that were had come, you know, through the proper indies and not were just products of the WWE system. Um, well, tell me, JD, would Rhino yeah. have been in the X division in TNA? What is the X division? Uh, but I know somebody we can ask. I don't know if uh, Rhino would have been, but I can guarantee you one uh, chick magnet punk would have been in the X division. Had he, uh, had he taken the Samoa Joe route and gone to TNA rather than WWE. Oh, what um, makes you say that? Well, uh, cause he's cosplaying the X division championship right now. He's decided to take the X division. It's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. Hey, he's ter- decided to combine that with the new, 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 new world order for life and has apparently spray painted an X across the AEW championship belt. And so I guess he, he is now the AEW X division champion. Do I have that right? Because well, as we all know, what AEW really needed was another belt. Um, so another championship running around. So that he is now the, and not the uncrowned champion, but the crowned AEW X division champion. Do I have that right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me other than he said, uh, you know, I never lost the belt. It's still mine. And mm-hmm. so cross this out. But uh, yeah. Uh, but AEW, I, I, I did, he, I, he's I must, over the elite, the E for elite. You have to notice that, right? <laughs> I, I, I wonder, uh, you know, I got to give the man props. Though. That was that was a nice photo op uh, of him juxtaposed against a guy that he can't help but talk about a lot hulk hogan um you know for somebody that thinks so lowly of hulk hogan he certainly talks about him a lot uh, living rent free as as they say but we're gonna get to uh one mr hulk aloysius hogan in just a bit but uh yeah <clears throat> cm punk is Interesting. Like we've talked about, I like his work. I'm a fan of CM Punk. If you were to ask me, do you like CM Punk? I'd say yes. Um, but there's some interesting things going on here. Now, what's, what I find curious is AEW will name an interim champion at a drop of a hat. I mean, when, uh, who was it? Was Adam Page or somebody had to be out for like two weeks? They named him interim champion. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't understand why. I don't understand any of this really, but. Uh, it like you said, it was a good visual, but uh, and, and you know if you're gonna ask CM Punk about Scott Colton, well that don't work for him, brother. Yeah, uh, man, so. I'll, I'll I'll tell you the um, Collision. I think is probably AEW's strongest show. I, I have no doubt that is the case. I have not partaken yet. I need to. I I, I keep saying it. I tell you what. What's what's uh, tomorrow Friday? So not that, but Saturday. Nope. Don't watch, don't watch the it. don't watch the most recent one. <laughs> watch the couple ones before that. What collusion? <laughs> yeah, this most recent one was not very good. Don't talk about this next this one coming up this next week. Oh, this one that's coming up in Greenville. I don't know. Um, is that where it is? Yeah, um, I think it's this weekend. Yeah, it's this weekend. You going? No, I was thinking about it. Okay. Well, if you decide to go, uh, wave as you as you as you leave. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there's a 
you know, just wrestling everywhere. But there's also a little wrestling event going on this weekend. Of course, we're talking about AEW Collision and Green mm-hmm. Note. Of course, we're referring to SummerSlam and Motown this year. So, you know the rules. Pick the winner. Loser has to buy beer, theoretically. Buy the dinner. Oh, but something like that. Okay. So, up first, we got Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes versus Lesnar. Who you got? Who won the last? Is this the rubber match? This is the rubber match. Lesnar won the last one. It's got to be Cody. It has to be. I think so. If it's not Cody, then he just needs to go with uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. just on into prison. They can be priceless in in the clink. Yeah, I think it's uh I think you gotta go Cody here and not only that, but I think it's gotta be decisive. Oh, yes. uh, you uh you know, rolled him up quick in the first one. Lesnar <laughs> uh breaks uh, Cody's arm, makes him pass out. Uh, now this one, I mean I think you you gotta you gotta show if you're building if the end goal is to put Cody Rhodes Main eventing WrestleMania potentially for the title, which I think is what they're going for again. And fool me once. I, I think you you can't let him lose to Lesnar at SummerSlam. So just concur. I stand on that. All right. So coming up after that, we have Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Who you got on that? One? Um. I'm going Baszler on this. I think that this is Rousey's swan song. I think she's out after this and wants to put over her friend before she leaves. If Dame rumor is to be believed, I I think you are correct on that. Uh, Baszler gets the rub uh, by retiring Rousey, retiring the rowdy one uh, at SummerSlam. Should we even bother to do Gunther versus Drew McIntyre? Should we even bother? You want to bother with that? Well, we must do Gunta versus Gunta. I am going to go ahead and say that this is going to be match of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Gunther mm-hmm. and Drew. I'm trying to. I'm looking at the rest of the card. And I thought maybe Reigns and Jay, but uh, no Gunter and Drew. Uh, I expect that to be a very physical match. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, Gunter's taking it home. He's beating Honky. There you go. The Battle of Britain will finally be taken up once again here in uh oh this is you said this is in Detroit. Never mind. I keep thinking of uh AEW going to Wembley sometime this month. Yeah. Uh but yeah, <clears throat> I, I agree with you. Gunta uh continues his march march on the honky tonk man. Now, are you ready for Asuka versus Flair versus the Bianca Belair in a triple threat? Uh encounter is, is so, this for the belt is this for one of the many belts yeah this okay, is yeah. for the belt um here's the thing on the SummerSlam card the betting odds have no champion losing the belt that they currently mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that they're going through the entire card and no and nobody is going to lose the championship. I think this is your best bet to change here. Um, 
I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair returns to the throne. Because Oscar currently has the belt. Yes. Is that right? Okay. I'm going to go the same vein as you, but I'm going to take uh, Knoxville, Tennessee's own Bianca Belair, the EST of the WWE, to regain her title. Yeah. Well, I think uh, even though I don't think like storyline, <laughs> it makes a whole lot of sense, but it makes less sense for everybody else to lose. So I'm going to go with that one. Um, speaking of uh, <laughs> uh, not going to lose, we got uh, Rollins versus Balor. Do we, do we need to pick this one? or What year is this? What, what Are we doing this again? Is it deja vu all over again? How many times have they wrestled this year? Once. Really? I mean, once for the title. No, I mean, like I feel like th- this has been the storyline since uh, Seth got the assistant to the regional manager championship. Yeah, this is the regional championship. Yeah. Okay. No, he, he's not going to. No, come on, Baby Gap is not win. He doesn't win things anymore. Uh, Rollins wins. All right. So coming up see, after that, I'm sorry. All right. If we're going to do it, do it. Here's the thing, though. I mean, are they just going to bury Balor here? Mm-hmm. They have so far. I mean, he's got to get a win somewhere. I, I mean, but not for a, a strap. I mean, look at it. He's the only member of the Judgment Day who can't ride a roller coaster. He is also the only member of the Judgment Day that does not have a belt or the ch- chance to cash in on one. Um. So, yeah, I don't. I think uh, here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if Balor comes back, he's got the belt. Then there's tension because Damian Priest has the briefcase. What if Damian cashes it in and steals it for like it pins Rollins before Balor gets the chance to in this match? How that would be fun, right? Right, kind of takes it away from him. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'd watch that. I mean, I would. I wouldn't watch it, but someone could tell me about it later, and I, I might go back. Yeah, as it stands, I'm going to go with Rollins, but. Um... I think, damn, I think the storylines could just be so much better if Balor wins now. Mm. You know what? I'm switching. I'm going Finn Balor. All right. Well, I'll stay with uh, Seth Haha Rollins. All right. Up next, we got Logan Paul taking on Ricochet. Yes, for the chest bump championship of the world, uh, we've got Logan Paul and Ricochet, and I don't care. Uh, I, I think it's got to be Logan Paul, right? Does he ever want a match? Yeah, he's he's won matches. Okay, I didn't know that, uh, but I'll still say him because Ricochet, despite coming in all sound and fury, has been basically just been used as a mid card guy. So I'm gonna no, nah, not not him. I will say that this is uh, it wouldn't be unreasonable to think that Logan Paul and Ricochet show out, and this may actually be match of the night. If you like chest bumps. It's, uh, I, I, do, I do enjoy Ricochet, but, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go Logan Paul here because mm-hmm. I, I think that he's probably working with Ricochet, uh, because Logan Paul probably specifically asked for him. Well, I can see Ricochet be one of those guys that could really teach that high flying style. You know what I mean? Like, like Logan Paul is pretty green. So you work with somebody that's better than you. And that's what happened. I mean, Ricochet, yeah, he's been pigeonholed creatively, but in the ring, he seems to have all the elements you need, particularly for that brand of uh, high-flying action. Yeah, it's going to give you a pretty good 
TikTok video. Yeah, there's going to be a there's going to the be some spots. There's going to be some spots there that are going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Logan on that one. We got the Slim Jim Twenty Men Battle Royal uh, on this one. Slim Jim, who is now a, a new sponsor uh, with WWE. Uh, uh, was that new? Yeah. Wait, is it Slim Jim the beef snack, or is it Slim Jim the tool that you use to you know, carjack or to, to steal cars? Which Slim Jim are we talking about? The, the snap into it. Oh well, no, they've been around for a long time. They just followed Macho Man over to WCW. But uh, yeah, so I will take uh, Macho Man in this. The Ghost of Macho Man returns in the Motor City and snaps right into the Slim Jim Battle Royal. And Who's even going, in it? <laughs> I'm gonna go L.A. Knight. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Nah. But uh, yeah, nah. also, who, who is he in it? Who's in it? Do we have confirmation he, on who's in it? He is one hundred percent in it. Him and nineteen other guys. Him and uh, yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura's in it. Sheamus is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, All the people with potential that W that creative has nothing for. Good. Yeah, pretty much. What about the, what about your boy Austin Theory? What is the A Town still down? Let's go. Is he just hanging out at Braves games now? What's, I mean, what's I'm assuming that he's in the 20 man as well. Yeah, well he has a belt though. All right, whatever, it's fine. Okay. Or right, he might be on some kind of early card or something. Uh, the dark match, you know, the pre show. Nothing's dark with them anymore uh, on these pay per views because that's their pre show and they can sell you on that for even longer. But uh, anyways, next is the main event. Well, presumably the main event of the evening. I could see Rhodes and Lesnar being the uh, main event as well. Uh, I think that will tell you something, wouldn't it? If if this is not the main event. Yeah. 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 If it's not the main event, then then Jay Jay Uso is improperly named because we have the tribal chief. Roman Reigns versus main event Jey Uso mm-hmm. uh, for the disputed championship. So uh, Ryan, who, who you got in? in uh, I think Reigns is gonna Reigns is gonna take it all the way uh, to WrestleMania. So I'm gonna go Roman Reigns on that one. I, I do think that Jay has nobody accompanying him to the ring, and then there's supposedly going to be solo and uh Heyman on the other side um, poised for Jimmy to come back in and make a decision maybe Jimmy comes back in and maybe somebody else comes maybe Mr. So. Fatu Jacob Fatu or Mr. Johnson you think Johnson's gonna be hanging out at SummerSlam well, to be fair the actor strike is still going out going on correct so he, no, he ain't doing nothing Yep. Uh, he got something he's, he's doing. So, okay. So, interesting. I'll also t- uh, contend that Roman reigns all the way to WrestleMania. And, uh, bonus prediction The Rock mm-hmm. shows up. Bon- okay. Is that a prop bet? Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll all right, make that a prop bet. Uh, I bet he does not because no one goes to Detroit if they don't absolutely have to. Um, <clears throat> Before we get into our main event of the evening, which is, of course, Bash at the Beach 2000, the very last Bash at the Beach, uh, I want to kind of talk us through what, what led us here. 
Did you get a chance, Ryan, to view Dark Side of the Ring's latest episode on our normal recording date of Tuesday uh, that, in fact, dealt with this very issue, the bash at the beach in the year of our Lord, 2 and 1,000? I did, and that's actually why we delayed recording a little yeah. bit. I was finishing that up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, no, we want to bring the people the freshest content. It doesn't matter if it's a different day. That's fine, but this is hot off the proverbial uh presses and in the news so i think it's something newsworthy and noteworthy what were your impressions of, of the dark side of the ring um presentation i i have no idea nice. they nobody can be on the same page with anything yeah. uh it, it it looks like it's just bischoff and hogan versus the world um that's all they've ever needed brother and like it, it just doesn't. I don't know which compulsive liar to, to right. believe and which right. compulsive liar is actually telling the truth this time. I uh, probably neither one because you know, and I think I texted it to you. You know, who comes out smelling like a rose during all this is one J E double F J A double R E double T. That's right. Ain't he great, Jeff? Yeah, I, I just didn't understand the uh, they. Uh, of course, we're talking about the. This is the year two thousand. Vince Russo is is in charge. Uh, well, Ho in charge at this point, theoretically. Well, Vince Vin is in charge of WCW. Bischoff is in charge of Vince, and Hogan's in charge of everything. Yeah, and depending on who you talk to, you get a different one every time. In uh, anyways, it's it's absolute carnage. Uh, Vince Russo is not getting along with Eric Bischoff and. You know, he whenever does. we get around to talking about the uh, Hogan versus uh, Jeff Jarrett match, you'll see what we're referring to. But up first, we've got the uh, Lieutenant Loco versus Hooven to Guerrera. Uh, Lieutenant Loco, of course, gets the win on the cruiserweight title uh, in 1209. Uh, it's pretty, you know, Meltzer here is not very, I wouldn't say he's a big fan out of it, but uh, as far as the in-ring work is concerned, I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, of course, the uh, man, the, the loco uh, suplexing for the floor and gave him a uh, springboard flying body attack and later a high plancha was a pretty good uh, exchange there and of course uh, we had uh, Miss uh, Major Guns uh, come on down and uh, caused uh, she took her uh, apparently removed her top and uh, caused uh, Guerrera to be distracted and uh, anyways a series of reverses and near falls ending with Loco using the tornado DDT for the win. Meltzer gives it three stars. I'm gonna have to uh, increase it just a bit uh, by two cup sizes and yeah, uh, <laughs> two gonna, scoops gonna, of raisins on this. No, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say three is actually uh a pretty good score for it. I, I, entering work was good. The outside premises were, um, well, anyways. Well, well as we discussed in, in uh, when we watched WCW Greed, right, the very last WCW pay-per-view, the in-ring is not that bad. It's just uh, everything around it is flaming garbage. Uh, that was really the, the issue with WCW in its dying days, especially in the undercard. I mean, that, that was always what – was notoriously wrong with WCW. The matches were great on the undercard, but the stories weren't 
necessarily great. The stories were pretty good on the on the main event, but the matches couldn't really back it up a lot of times. Um, but yeah, this was your standard um, WCW opening a pay per view with a cruiserweight match, uh, and that never failed. Really, that's that formula should have not been strayed from because it typically worked, and it does here too. I'll point out uh, a couple of things. One, I was today years old when I learned that Chavo's actual name is Salvador Guerrero. I had no idea. Maybe that's maybe Chavo short for Salvador. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, okay. Um, and also, the cold open is the cat, Commissioner Cat, which we're going to come in. We're going to talk about that again when we get to the Hogan Jarrett fiasco because he plays no role in any of that. Uh, but he's the commissioner of WCW. He comes out, and then I guess they're doing like a Pink Panther and Kato thing with him and the Young Dragons because they just randomly show up playing music that apparently he can't hear and then attack him. It's it's bizarre what, what happens with this. And it's a recurring three, theme throughout the first half of the show. And after Jarrett Hogan is abandoned all that. It, it's weird. <laughs> I just want to point those things out. But uh yeah, thumbs up for the for the match itself, thumbs way down for all the extracurricular. Yeah, I'd uh I'd one thing about the uh, dark side of the ring that uh I can at least appreciate some honesty on Russo with is that his uh style is uh four three minute match, cut the scene, right, beat somebody up in the back room. Three minute match, cut scene, beat somebody. Oh, up. he knows what he does. Yeah, I mean that's it's you know. it's way more. He definitely believed in a lot more scripted uh, moments. I'll put it to you like that. But uh, up next, we got a uh, big veto versus Norman Smiley and Ralphus. Take it away. Yeah, so we got Nor- screaming Norman Smiley uh, versus Big Vito uh, and Ra- uh, well. Of course, Screaming Norman has Ralphus with him. Um, <clears throat> but Big Vito of the formerly of the full blooded Italians, because that wasn't a thing in WCW, right? That was just that was just ECW and then later WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So Big Vito comes and, re- and retains the hardcore title over Norman Smiley and Ralphus. And why Ralphus stuck around after the Jericho stuff, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the point of him was. He was part of Jericho's personal security, Ralphus and the Jericho-holic ninja, um, which was just basically Kenny Powers. Um, and then he jumped ship, obviously, to WWF at the time in, what, late 99? Um, and so but we still have Ralphus hanging around here in July of the next year. Don't understand that. That occurred. Um, so Smiley plays his chicken stuff. You know, he, uh, there's it's a hardcore match. Things happen. Um, Smiley gets put in an elevator backstage, leaving Vito alone with Ralphus, and Vito just wails on Ralphus with a bat and a trash can lid. It's just at the point of like Ralphus is clearly not a trained athlete of any description, much less a professional wrestler. This is just uncomfortable to watch and not fun. Uh, Vito pulls out a table, which had already broken, hashtag WCW, and he splashes Ralphus through the broken table, rebreaking it, I guess, for the pin. Uh, thumbs all the way down on this one for me. Yeah, not very good at all. It's bad. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer, uh, not too kind to it. Uh, <laughs> doesn't even 
thinks it's a dud, uh, I tend to agree with him on that. So, and up yeah. next, we got Daphne getting the win over Miss Hancock in a wedding gown match. So, oh, you're just going to skip over Scott Hall's contract? Like, that's a joke to you? Yeah. Okay, good. Go ahead. Okay. Let's get back to this. Business is damn sure about to pick up in the form of one Miss Hancock. Uh, JD, can you explain to me what the hell a wedding gown match is? It's a match uh, where we're in the participants wear a wedding gown and one must uh, remove the other's gown. Or as we find out in this match, you can remove your own and sabotage the match. I don't really, but say keepers out here. So really nothing else that matters, frankly. Yeah. They had a nice uh, wedding cake right there on ringside. And which they need to learn their lessons. They did not, they never got that cleaned up. If you look at the mats around the ring for the rest of the show, there's smears, of wedding cake all yeah. over the damn things, and they like flip them over and didn't help. Like it's yeah. anyway, no. but Stacey Keebler's here, so none of that matters. And Daphne, rest in peace. And David taken from Flair, us far And David Flair, who is the man. Uh, but anyways, well, that's only due to his association with Stacey Keebler. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to be the man, you got to beat the man, or do uh, Stacey Keebler? Yeah. That, yeah, no, I think that qualifies. Yeah, that qualifies. That, or do say skipper. Yeah, that'll work too. Anyways, uh, she's not a big uh, as 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 beautiful as she is. Perhaps uh, not a good uh, handspring elbow. Uh, Which is weird because she was a dancer, you know, a cheerleader. So she's she's nimble and agile. So she's athletic. But yeah, she's never she's not a wrestler. Doesn't need to be. Well, I know uh, who ain't a wrestler, but old Mark Johnson got his uh, pants pulled off. Oh, Slick Johnson. Yeah, and uh, he looked uh, ridiculous, uh, says Meltzer. I, I agree with that. Uh, David has his pulled off, and the, I, I guess uh, Meltzer is somewhat attracted to David, so he said it was only semi-ridiculous. Uh, Daphne put Well, uh, I mean, it's a family tradition of dropping trowel in the, in the Flair household. So. <laughs> this is true. Perhaps, you know, kind of used to seeing it at this point. Uh, Daphne put a uh, Hancock's face in David's crotch. Uh, Crowbar ran nice. in, took his own pants off. So then uh, he and David started doing spots. And yeah, Melzer says, imagine how ridiculous David Flair usually looks trying to wrestle and then multiply that by having both guys working in their underwear. <laughs> oh, man. Melzer, uh, quite quite the comedian on this one. The uh the shears got involved and there was threats to uh, Hancock's hair, which I don't know how that relates to a evening gown match or excuse me wedding gown match. Mm-hmm. Uh, then as things couldn't possibly get worse, Hancock grabbed the mic, and uh, and then it did, <laughs> and uh, says she knew what everyone came to see and took off her dress and started dancing in her panties and. They explained she voluntarily lost. It ended up with everyone throwing cake at each other. Hey, the woman knows how to read the room. I tell you what, it it just uh, reads like a, a frat party, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mel- Meltzer <laughs> negative one star. Stacy Keebler in it five stars all the way. There you go. Yeah, no, um, I won't say thumbs up. But um, <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Uh, Chronic, the the Bryans, as it were, Brian Adams and Brian Clark, 
won the WCW Tag Team titles from Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak, old Planet Stasiak, as they call him. Now, is this perfect event? Is that what they were wrestling as together or something like that, right? I believe so. Because I'm hearing their entrance music when they come out, like, that sounds a lot like Mr. Perfect's music, which may have been a WCW, or excuse me, WWE Network add-in thing because they didn't have whatever BS music WCW was using for them. Um, Jimmy Hart wouldn't give it to them. That's right. Hey, you got to buy some beer and cans, baby. Beans and taters. Um, so, yeah, they, they win the tag titles here, um, which apparently on Nitro, they must have had the – I remember I kind of remember seeing this angle uh, after the fact because, as I said, I stopped watching WCW after uh, the Finger Poke of Doom. But Chronic had had – was it – wait, Chronic or – it was a chronic or Palumbo Sasiak. They were the ones that had the sunburns, right? Yeah. On on Nitro, yeah. So apparently four days after that, they're perfectly fine. The sunburns all gone away. Um Chronic has a cool ring entrance. Agreed. Chronic was pretty cool. I mean, that's you know, going back and look at it, it's not bad. I see where you're going for here. Um, the match, uh, according to Meltzer, was very bad. Uh Clark was hurt, couldn't do much, looked look bad doing what he did do. Uh, Adams never looks good. That seems harsh. I don't think Ryan Adams is that bad. I mean, he's you know Canadian. He's Canada's Bruce Springsteen for one thing. Yeah, I liked him as yeah uh, summer sixty nine. Uh, no, yeah, that's no. Brian Clark. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Clark is bomb. Brian Adam, uh, Brian Adam is uh, crush. Brian Adams is yeah crush. Um, and yeah, I don't dislike crush. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I think these guys had a prime. This may have been after it, but not too far. So I'm not going to be as hard on that as as uh, your, your your buddy Meltzer is. Um, now Stasiak's not very good. Palumbo was there generally. Like he's one of those guys that he can't lead a match, but he can be led through it. Is what it seemed like to me. Like he's never really stood out to me. Stasiak was not very good, as I recall. Um. Anyway, did a lot of near falls. Uh, both the pay per view and the nitro the next night apparently had a totally different match style to. To me, since based on all Japan near falls. Okay, that, that's too many jumbled words in English. I'm not going to bother with that. Point <laughs> is, uh, a lot of near falls, double team mover, Clark clothesline, Stasiak off the top, and then Adams pins him. Uh, Meltzer gives it a uh, half a star. I would say thumbs up. I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad. I like It didn't stink to me. What say yeah. Ryan? I I didn't mind it. I mean, Melser gives it a half star. I got, I gave it one and a half. I thought it was I thought it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't offended by it, but it it did follow the the ladies. So, well, yeah. Uh, it's in a weird spot in the card. To yeah. be your tag team championship match. And uh, so up next, we got uh, Chris Canyon getting the win on Booker T at ten oh five. You know, you put those two together, it's 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 going to be good. Um, Chris Canyon, probably one of the more underrated performers, uh, in ring, uh, of course got stuck with, uh, Mortis for a long time and, mm-hmm. uh, Mortis had some good matches, but it's God, the gimmick was just awful. And, well, it was just, it was even later to mortal combat than Glacier was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mortal uh, Glacier Mortis. Wrath, all of these guys, like that would have all fit in like 1993, right? Unfortunately, it was like 96, 97, 98 that they came out with it. Yeah. 
Well, anyways, uh, they did a spot where Booker T takes the uh, brick out of the book and Canyon hit him with the book. Uh, Booker T sold it for a near fall, but then got right up with them explaining it by saying he was playing possum. Yeah, because he already took the brick out. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Booker T did an axe kick and uh, for near fall and before uh, Jarrett came out and hit Booker T with a guitar to uh, lead to Canyon's pin. Um, all in all, the in-ring work was solid. The, uh, wouldn't say that the ending's all that bad, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Booker T, uh, looked strong in this one. And, of course, uh, Canyon looked good in it. So, Meltzer gives it three stars. I'll give the men three and a half. That was pretty good. Yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up as well. I mean, both are very good workers, as we'll see, um, obviously, in, um, in the intervening years, Booker T goes on to become... All, uh, all of famer two time in fact hall of famer um and one of the best to ever do it so uh yeah you know it's a fine match and again it's not setting the world on fire but not every match needs to this is a solid match to have on your card um speaking of solid like the ladies he likes uh mike awesome the fat chick thriller uh versus scott steiner big papa pump He's uh, he's just here for his freaks and his peaks, basically, is, is all that really concerns Mr. Steiner. Um, Mike Awesome, though, is going to get the DQ win over Steiner. Um, Meltzer talks about Japan some more, so I'm just going to skip that. You can't deny Steiner's physical talents. That's true. He could inject a steroid like nobody else. Um, <laughs> kind of easily the best match on the show. You know, really... Scott Steiner listens to this. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'd like Scott Steiner, but are we going to pretend he wasn't uh, hitting a little vitamin S? Uh, hit me up, Papa Pump. I'll give you his address. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Cool. I'll take uh, it. And let's let's go get effed up at the at the breakfast bar. I'll dig it, man. We can't um, anymore. We'll find one. We'll find we, Scott Steiner. If it's Scott Steiner, I will smuggle some liquor into IHOP, and we'll go. We'll have a good time. Um. Steiner used the recliner once. Cat uh, comes out and orders him to break it. Steiner punched Cat. Uh, remember, he's in the commissioner role here. Awesome comes back with a low blow and then a power bomb with a bridge for a near fall and a splash off the top for another near fall. After the rep bump, Cat uh, came in the ring and went to kick Steiner, who moved. So Awesome got it. Cat Steiner gave Cat a belly to belly and Awesome gives gives Awesome another one. Excuse me, and then gets the recliner back on. Cat said he'd strip him of the belt. This is for the U.S. title, I guess, right? Um, if if he put if he put it on, let me unpack that sentence. Cat said he'd strip Steiner of the U.S. title if Steiner put the recliner on. He does so, and he does so. Um, so Steiner gets DQ'd and stripped to the belt. Then Steiner suplexes Awesome after the match, and it seemed like there was a slip, and Awesome landed wrong. Now, Awesome. It, it, with Chono, right? Or um, who am I thinking of? The guy in ECW, he awesome did break his neck, right? Um, in ECW with um, oh, I'm blank and I can see his face. The Japanese guy, what's his name? Um, I am having absolute brain fart. I don't remember. Um, I gotta look it up. Vamp for a minute because I, I gotta I gotta find that because I believe he actually did break his. Masato Tanaka. Okay. Masato yeah, Tanaka. I yeah, would yeah, not yeah. have gotten that. I could not remember who that was. You know who I'm talking about, though. 
Uh, big, you know, thick Japanese dude. He he was he looked tough as hell. I'll give him credit for that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I think it was a, a good match. Again, it's classic late stage WCW. Well, actually, every stage WCW. Good in ring, bad around ring. So, you know, thumbs up to the match, thumbs down to the creative. Yeah, I thought the uh, in ring work, like you said, in ring works very good. The Creative is terrible. The angles are horrible, and the, the acting is deplorable. And the acting doesn't matter. Yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, Meltzer gives it three and a quarter. I think that's pretty fair. That was a damn good, it's a good match. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have a. Uh, okay, now we we were referring to people's names. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we've talked about this one before. So, what sounds better to you, Vampiro? versus Demon, or Ian Hodgkinson versus Dale Torberg? Well, I don't know. How about you, Dracula, you fat bastard? Why don't you get up there and see what you weigh? <laughs> Every time there's a vampire wrestler now, that's just in my head. I love <laughs> it. But yeah, no, so the, the cinematic match, before the cinematic match was a thing, which I guess actually what uh, Dustin Rhodes and the Black Blacktop Bully started this nonsense and then Goldust and Piper ha- had one uh, at Mania. But now continuing the tradition is Vampiro versus Demon Dale Torborg. Because uh, they re- refer to him kind of interchangeably as both throughout the night. So I don't really understand which one, which persona they're trying to push here. Now, I met uh, Dale Torborg uh, this year, as a matter of fact. Yeah, how's he in, doing? In January down in Orlando. Uh, he's still wearing those uh, platform boots. Man. Oh. Apparently he can still pull it off. Got to live the gimmick, brother. Yeah, and uh, Meltzer says this is like something from a bad Saturday mor- morning kids show. Yeah, it was like uh, Count Floyd. Yeah, the lighting was—I don't know—I couldn't see <laughs> like a lot what was going on. Uh, it's uh, they ended up in a river. Uh, There's always a river. Uh, kidnapped. Uh, Asia, 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 Asia. similar to, but legally distinct from China in the same era. There was Asia in the NWC. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Asia was out of uh, ideas, uh, laying dead and Vampiro came out of a casket to spit stuff in demon's eyes. And finally Vampiro hit demon with one of those breakable tombstones, (laughs) the styrofoam ones, uh, it's an actual headstone, not a pile driver. No, it's a styrofoam <laughs> headstone. Yeah. Uh, but uh, put him in a casket, threw him in a grave, and let it on fire. Uh, much like this uh, match was. Just a big old... A flaming turd. <laughs> it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> but Casket uh, fire in this case. But uh, yeah, Melser gives it negative two stars. I think he's being rather generous. Uh, yeah, thumbs down. It sucked. Moving on. Actually, bear in mind, uh, Vampiro here because we will see him again later. Uh, he, this will come up again. I hope you're taking notes. There'll be a test at the end. Uh, Shane Douglas, the franchise Shane Douglas versus uh, three-time rookie, WCW Rookie of the Year Marcus Alexander, Buff Bagwell, uh, pinning Bagwell in seven minutes and fifty-three seconds. Shane doing his pre-match speech talked about he was just that damn good. He as well said, "I'm just that minor league," according to uh, <laughs> according to Meltzer here. So, Tori Wilson finally comes out. The whole reason we're here, 
Um, she is kind of morphed into the Francine role from ECW. She is the uh, quote unquote head cheerleader uh, for, for Shane here, uh, much as Fran- franchise Francine was uh, back in the ECW days. So again, confusing creative here because Tori starts off slapping Shane and then Bagwell tries to get a, a schoolboy in for an earfall. Then Bagwell kisses Tori and then she gives Bagwell a low blow. Why did she bother to come out if she's just going to double cross both guys? You could have stayed in the back if you're doing this. If this is what you're doing. None of this makes any sense. So anyway, um, both of these heartthrobs continue to to wrestle around here for a while until Douglas uh, gets a Superman, uh, a Superman fisherman suplex, not a Superman fishplex, for a near fall. Uh, Bagwell comes back and sets up for the blockbuster, but Wilson stops it. Douglas uses a reverse atomic drop and then a reverse stunner. Wilson is now Douglas's head cheerleader. Douglas is least good at getting a woman over, according to Meltzer. I'm just going to give this um, a thumbs down simply because it, it the creative was bad enough. It affect and now it's affecting the match. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Why are you double crossing both guys and then leaving with one of them? Sometimes the creative is so bad you can't help but notice it, like in the ring. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's bleeding through it's into just, the match now. You can't, uh, like it, it was just not. Melsa goes to two stars. I'm sorry, buddy. I don't know what you were watching, no, but it, it was I not like it. what I was watching. Um, and I like everyone involved here. Oh yeah, it's I mean, just this. These guys can. These guys can have good matches. Yeah, I mean, this just wasn't one of them. Yeah, they can have a good match, but this wasn't it. Yeah. Um. Speaking of bad matches, why don't you take uh take us through the first heavyweight championship? <clears throat> or should we should we give the backdrop here? Go back to dark side yeah. of the ring, and then yeah, why don't you give us a backdrop? Okay, so as I'm thinking uh, about, as I said, the the dark side of the ring episode this past week, the first thing I'm thinking is, yeah, Jeff Jarrett comes out smelling like a rose here. The other thing I'm thinking is, damn it, dark side of the ring, don't make me be on Vince Russo's side. I'm not saying he did the right thing. He didn't. But at the same time, again, to put it in perspective, I stopped watching WCW, as we've discussed many, many times, January 4th, 1999. I was 15 years old at the time. During that 15-year span, most of which included me watching wrestling, at least 11 of those years did, um, Hulk Alexander Hogan held someone's world title in each of those years, except for 1992, if I'm recalling. Fact check me there. I don't think he had a belt in 92. Um, but I was sick of it. I was sick. I was sick, sick of it. That's one of the reasons the finger poke pissed me off so bad. I was like, not this guy again. So we get to Bash of the Beach 2000, and Jarrett's the champion. Um, and according to Russo, everybody wants to put this, the belt on Booker T, which is a fine idea. They should do that. He's an up and comer. That part of the big problem WCW had for so long is they weren't pushing anybody new. Uh, you know, Goldberg got a run, DDP got a run, but you know, DDP was already old when he was new, so yep. he had a limited window. They weren't pushing newer, younger talent like a Booker T, who was wildly over from like 1998 on. I remember he was a house of fire uh, in terms of being over. 
And they're just now kind of recognizing that fact two years down the road. But Hulk Hogan doesn't want to miss out on any paychecks, which I understand. Believe me, I get it. It's a it's a for-profit enterprise here. I understand that. But me as a fan, I, at the time, I was just sick to death of Hulk Hogan. And basically, he exercises his creative control card, if what most people say is to be believed. And Bischoff actually lays it out on the um, Dark Side of the Ring episode that he was going to leave with the belt. And then they're going to crown an interim champion. And then at Halloween Havoc, Hogan would come back. Or they'd have a tournament for the interim championship. And at the finals of the tournament at Halloween Havoc, Hogan would come back and say, uh-uh, uh, I've got the belt. I'm still the champion, blah, 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 blah. Again, making the entire tournament pointless and making everything again about Hulk Hogan. Not in 1990, but in 2000. So Russo, I guess, tells Jared, and tell me if I get any of this wrong. Russo tells Jared to lay down for Hogan and make, make it obvious that he's laying down, like not, you yeah. know, oh, just put him over in a match. So literally that's what happens here. Um, Jarrett, you know, like a Don King backed fighter, he just drops to his back and says, okay, pin me. Um, yeah. The, then Hogan looks befuddled and, you know, puts his foot on the, uh, on uh, Jarrett's chest for the one, two, three and complains that that's why the company's in the damn shape it's in. It's because of BS like this. Which is the pot calling the kettle black, if ever there were such an occasion. But you know what? What was Vince Russo supposed to do here? Like, I think he's right in that he wanted to put the belt on Booker T. That is correct here. Um, and I think Hogan. It's like the Montreal screw job in the sense that the traditional good guy put what many people consider to be the villain of the piece, events into a corner, what was he supposed to do? So nobody comes out looking good here except for Jeff, um, who, again, was never my favorite when his, in his wrestling days, but as a Hulk person, Hogan's seems to be attorneys. a great person. Hulk Hogan's attorneys come out looking like geniuses. <laughs> now, okay, so what was the lawsuit? Because there were a couple different lawsuits out of this. The defamation of character lawsuit got dismissed, right? Uh, no, I, I don't. I'm I'm not really sure that I didn't know that there was two. Um, well, here, here as here's my understanding from what I've heard before and what was on Dark Side. Um, but Eric Bischoff said, "Oh, it's not like multiple courts threw it out. Uh, you know, it's not like we went to the Supreme Court. The very next screen says the Georgia Supreme Court denied the appeal after the, the appellate court threw it out. Um, and that was for the defamation of character lawsuit that I guess Hogan or Balea filed against Russo and WCW." And the court held that Hulk Hogan, a fictional character, cannot be defamed and kicked it out. Now, I think there was also a breach of contract action, yeah. a lawsuit brought because of the creative control clause, wherein, yes, Hogan did get a, a, a handsome settlement out of that one, is my understanding. But the, the defamation got dismissed. The breach of contract is where he got paid if I'm understanding the sequence of events correct. Yeah, okay. I, I was unaware of the uh, defamation of character when I just knew about the breach. Um, but yeah, anyways, according to Bischoff, the settlement was well into the nine figures uh, uh, as a result of this. Nine so, figures? Hundreds of millions of dollars. I thought he said seven a, figures. Was it seven figures? I'm sorry. That's, a, whoop, that's a big difference. I was like, 
Jones. Stu got to be a billionaire. No wonder they sold that place tonight. <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry. I'm at, I'm at seven. Wow. Oh. Well into the seven figures. So. Well, uh, I mean, still nine figures if you count the decimals. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It just depends on how far past the uh, decimal you want to go. Yeah. Uh, quite a few figures. Yeah, so, and, and pie, for example. Um, yeah, no, I had a blizzard on the way over here. I don't want to be pie right now, but thank you. Um, yeah, so apparently the, I don't know if the announcers were told to play it this way or if this was a genuine reaction, like Mark Madden is apparently just giddy according to Meltzer and burying Hogan. Um, I I want to point something out. All right. I I did. I, I counted the time here. Two hours, one minute and 30 seconds is the last time we see Hogan. All right. Then Vampiro, I told you he's going to come back into play here. He comes out and does whatever nonsense he does uh, with the fake stings and then blah, 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 blah. Um, and so there was some folder all there. At two, two hours, eight minutes and 57 seconds, Russo comes back out. Now, the story has always been that Hogan got the belt and left and then Russo came out unbeknownst to Hogan and cut this skating promo that was the basis of the defamation lawsuit. Now, I understand the WWE Network probably took some things out, like promos for Nitro or a commercial for a shirt, stuff like that. Maybe a hotline plug from Mean Gene. Who knows? But on runtime, right now, there's seven minutes and 27 seconds between Hogan leaving and Russo coming out and cutting this unauthorized promo. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was 30 minutes of real time, right? How is Hogan showered and changed and in the and out the door and gone in 30 minutes? Are you serious? Well, and I mean, a contentious it's not, it's not fight like, like he, this? It's not like he uh it's not like he sweat a whole lot. I mean Well, I understand that, but I mean he's still gotta get the, the spray sweat off, right? I don't know. I, mean, I don't think he wore did he wear his wrestling gear to the you know come to think airport? of it he did not he did not dress as if he had a, he's gonna have a match right he's wearing this match. yeah he's wearing his cut off uh button up like he likes this it dude, some jeans. This dude, i mean he could conceivably just fly in the same outfit Private maybe jet. that's it but i mean you know is he wearing jock strap is he wearing you know what's happening with, with nah, he, ain't got got any of the, he ain't got any of that as soon as, as soon as he gets his belt he's out of here ho <laughs> apparently because i mean to me it's fascinating that he could be so far gone and cell phones exist here it's not like he can be watching it on his you know streaming it on his phone but somebody in the back said hey hulk uh you know vince is burying you do you agree with this none of that ha- like that can't I, I don't know something about that doesn't add up to me you know i didn't i've never thought about that well, that's why you pay me to think of these things I think everybody in that dark side of the ring is just full of shit. No kidding. <laughs> I don't think we'll yeah. ever really know. And that's the thing. Like, I wish we knew what really happened on some of this stuff. I find Eric more believable, but that doesn't mean that he's telling the truth. Well, I don't find it. I find it more believable. It doesn't mean he's telling the truth. It also doesn't mean what their idea was, was a good idea. Cause it keeps the camera centered on Hulk Hogan, you know, a couple of years after that was really a good idea. Because, yes, he and The Rock will have an amazing WrestleMania moment here a couple years later. But that was primarily fueled by the nostalgia. This was not that. I mean, it's two two years seems like a weird 
weirdly short amount of time to fuel a bunch of nostalgia or three years. But apparently that's what happened because really it was, you know, more like 10 years since Hogan had been in, excuse me, WWF, WWE. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it was time for the business to move on from Hulk Hogan, but this is probably not the best way to make that happen. Yeah. Not Oh, and then yeah. by the way, uh, the the review cuts off here, but um, Booker T comes out and beats Jarrett, and he wins the title for the first time. So that was fun. Yeah, sure, it was wonderful. Uh, now, the, do we do we tell the story of the belt switcheroo, right? Um, so, if you notice, Jarrett comes out with a different belt initially in his match with Hogan. Um, I don't know all the specifics behind it, but it's not the two-tone belt. It's a solid gold-colored belt. Um, and that's what Hogan leaves with, and Hogan thinks is the real last WCW title and hangs in Hogan's beat shop to this day, as I understand it. Um, that's another thing that doesn't really add up to me. This is a man who's held that belt on numerous occasions. Would he not notice the difference? That it looked different? It felt different? The leather wasn't right? Or... Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving everyone too much credit for noticing details, but I somehow feel like there's a fix in here somewhere. Shivani is under the impression that it was all a work. Well, Shivani always thinks everything could be a work. That's why he's still alive. But remember, there is no one that's ever been involved in wrestling more and knows less about it than Tony Shivani, or remembers less about it than Tony Shivani. Um, I love him dearly. He's a, he's a wonderful announcer um, and a big, big part of my childhood. But he, to, by his own admission, he stayed out of all that stuff and thus doesn't know anything about it. Now, when you go back and ask him, about it, it's funny that his podcast is called What Happened When? Because he has no idea. He wasn't paying attention. Yeah, they, that's that's the reason that they do watch alongs. They don't. I know. That's that's why I don't watch. They don't, this, they, I don't, they don't listen don't, to this podcast. They don't. They don't cover topics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they tried with what was it Steve Austin in WCW? He just didn't remember anything because he didn't get now involved. You can, which, now you can I, ask him about anything as far as the uh, the uh, Atlanta Braves and, and oh sure Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, he, is, he remembers all that stuff, but there was not. Oh. I guess they're probably not as many backstage politics and everything. But, but the business he was involved in for twenty years, no idea, no no <laughs> idea what happened. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, again. I cannot be more sympathetic to him about wanting to stay out of the politics of the wrestling business. I get that, but it doesn't make for great storytelling and great, uh, you know, eyewitness testimony 20 years later on. Um, so, yeah, I don't blame him, but at the same time, if he thinks it's a work, okay, fine. That's like you thinking it's a work. You y'all about, y'all remember about as much about the time period. Yeah. I feel you. All right, JD. Well, I guess we can go for the cover of the count and the victory on this one. Um, of course, uh, want to remind everybody to follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook at Army of Smartness, and email that Gmail, Army of Smartness at gmail.com. JD, you got anything you want to add? Watch Dark Side of the Ring. That was, that was good. That was a good watch. And, but don't believe any of it, but watch it. Yeah. It's, it's an entertaining watch, but you learn nothing. Um, you learn some stuff, just not facts. Hell, you learn some stories. Yeah. JD, now we've done it all. We've said it all. I will bid our listening audience adieu. I do. <laughs>